Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 4, Episode Number 8. Tegan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I've actually finally got a chance to start reading Star Wars again, so I picked up a couple of the new canon or Disney canon books, and we've been kind of pouring through them. Fantastic. The uh, High Republic? Oh, actually, I haven't picked up the High Republic. I'm catching back up on the Thrawn books. I, okay. I didn't get into the prequel series or the prequel Thrawn series with that. So I picked up the one where they start back with him in the Chiss Ascendancy and finally started to get into those ones again. Awesome. I've I listened to the very first one of that series. That was pretty good. So definitely, obviously, you know, great character to explore. So cool. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone, to today's episode. We have guest on later, uh, Garrett, a.k.a. Jawa, and we're going to talk about political themes in your campaign. Definitely a great topic, especially for Star Wars. So looking forward to that conversation later. Of course, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, our YouTube channel for VODs and tutorial videos, uh, Instagram and Twitter for content updates and some other content freebies for your games. We also have Twitch for live plays. Tegan, what do we got going on over at Twitch? So come through and hang out with us for Invasion. We've been playing that weekly for a little bit. Uh, and actually this week we should be starting off on the last uh, Invasion Patreon adventure. So if you've wanted to see how that one be played out, come through, hang out with us. Uh, and also too, for that one, it should be a, I think start off some good space combat stuff too. Uh, so my group had a little bit of a row with space three weeks ago now it should be. I uh, got to, to get their feet back into that, uh, that type of gameplay. And we're going to have a, Pretty fun one, I hope, uh, with that this week, too. So make sure to come through uh, my channel, Tegan J Gaming at Twitch. Uh, most likely starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time and come hang out with the crew and see how it goes for them. Awesome. Yeah, I know we get a lot of uh, kind of questions and, and stuff on Space Combat. So if that happens, always good to see examples there. Uh, and then last for us, content-wise, is Patreon. That is the best way to support what we do. It helps us uh, with creation of the content and a uh, big shout out and thank you to all of our subscribers, followers in that regard. We have six new members as of this recording. So all at tier two, thank you to uh, Ewan, Celeron, Brian, Megan, Dave, and Joshua. Joshua taking advantage of a yearly discount there. All at tier two, thank you so very much. Uh, of course, all subscribers tier two or three will gain access to our exclusive content, including you know adventure modules, tier three, access to our play by post games, uh, just a lot of other content and things like that. Uh, we will be having on the 25th of the month, early access for tier three to our next adventure, uh, which I think we're going to do something uh, within that canyon of our desert hex crawl, some swoop racing potentially. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be up next. Looking forward a month out past that, uh, we will have our community one shot related to the desert hex crawl. Uh, so we'll want input from you all on uh, what what you want that story to be about. So like we did before with the cityscape, we want your input. We'll have a link in the show notes of uh, where to suggest ideas there. Uh, Tegan, anything for the community to keep in mind with those suggestions? 
That's right. So give us some fun suggestions and basically the, the way that we're looking for them. You don't have to flesh out the whole concept, but basically just give us a fun concept of well, what you want us to cover in a desert world. Uh, so if you wanted to see something featuring the sand people, you'd make me an excursion with the sand people. Just give us something a little bit about what you're looking for and what it is. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, uh, but just give a fun concept based on a desert world. Uh, definitely take some cues from like the Mandalorian, Kenobi, all those things. This ridiculous amount of Star Wars media that takes notes or takes place in the desert. Uh, give us a fun scenario that fits those vibes that we can bring to the crew. Absolutely. So again, check that uh, link in the show notes, and then we'll post that out on our content channels, social media, et cetera, uh, and drop us some suggestions. All right, and uh, definitely while you're out there with the community uh, survey, fill out uh, the on-the-spot one-shot ideas. Give us some fun things we can do for another uh, live podcast where we go through and figure out uh, build a, like a cooperatively build a one shot together and the definitely if you do have any more star wars questions uh whether it be star wars 5e um or even uh for the topic today how to build a political campaign uh throw your questions in there and we can see if we can answer them live on air for you absolutely always great to have that input there and you know as you said another kind of ask dgm episode always enjoy that All right, I think that's everything on the front end. Let's go ahead and bring Gira in here and have a discussion on political themes in campaigns. All right, everyone, very glad to have our friend Jawa here, known as Garrett. Uh, Garrett, great to have you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing, Todd? Doing well, glad to have you on. I think this would be a good topic today uh, for anyone running, you know, tabletop games in general, but uh, Star Wars, obviously, full of political themes, so we're going to dive into that, but as we do, let's learn a little bit more about yourself and uh, tell us, you know, where do tabletops start for you? How did you first get into that? Well, I want to say it was about 2015, 2016, maybe. Uh, one of my friends just suggested checking out Critical Role when it came out. Uh, I did that on a whim, got addicted and binge watched everything was there and then convinced a bunch of coworkers to play some D&D. And then I've been running games ever since, mostly fifth edition and Obviously, quite a bit of Star Wars 5th Edition. Uh, got pretty involved with it uh, a couple years back. Run some other stuff like um, Actung Ak- Cthulhu, if I can say that right. And nice Genesis, Star Wars D20, uh, little cyberpunk. Just kind of like things here and there. But yeah, mostly Star Wars 5th Edition has been the bulk of most of what I've been running for the last few years. Uh, so you run the, the Star Wars D21. Is that the one uh, pre-saga? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Um, the Star Wars from Fantasy Flight with the, uh, the priority dice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a really interesting system. I definitely recommend you check it out if you ever feel up to it. It's been on my list. I've been wanting to play it through the editions. I've I played Saga. I never played the original D20 version. Uh, but the FFG one, initially I didn't play because of the, the different dice, but yeah, it's, tabletops, so it's easier now. It, it's it's a weird learning curve, but it it's definitely leads to interesting scenarios, as, especially from the DM side, I think. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and especially with you playing some other systems, is there anything from FFG that you brought over to Star Wars 5e with you? Um, not yet. We haven't uh, been playing for a little bit, kind of on a hiatus uh, since we last couple months or so but definitely some features and there's a lot more encouragement for the player creativity in those systems um like the dm for example doesn't even really roll in that system other than attacks which is something weird to get used to um there's like 
all DCs and whatnot are kind of preset. So it's, yeah, just a lot of like weird lessons that you kind of don't get to see in D20 systems all the time. We've seen that a lot more lately with uh, a lot of systems where the game master doesn't really get to roll. I'm I'm a little torn on those. I love rolling. <laughs> That's part of, part of why I became the game master, but it, yeah. it definitely has some benefits. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta stay away from um like PBTAs, it's like no rolling at all for, yeah, for GM there. So yeah, definitely like rolling dice too, though. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, lots of good experience there as far as, you know, systems and whatnot. Any, what's the circumstances or anything about Star Wars 5e, you know, getting into that system or just uh, what you really enjoy about that or, you know, maybe some specifics, favorite class or anything uh, in that regard? I guess for me, um, honestly, I just like the universe uh, and it was less about the mechanics for me, though. They were familiar. My friends all knew 5th edition, so it was just an easy transition. But definitely, I think one thing that appeals to me just in general more so than, say, 5th edition at its base is the customizability of the different classes, how there are like little kind of like warlock invocations for everything. It's just kind of nice uh, seeing that the characters can be a bit more unique in that regard. Um such as the engineer I really like. Um, yeah, I just like tinkering with things and coming up with unique combinations. Customization for Star Wars 5e has definitely been one of the things that's kept me around with. There's mm-hmm. just so much the players can do and so many options you have. You don't feel like if you pick a class and your archetype, you're kind of done like that. You, there's always something new you could pick and kind of make it your own. Yeah, I, I think personally I'm partial to I believe it's the the Jalshe monk, um, the kind of investigative one where you kind of like learn about them. Um, had some fun playing a multi-class of that and a bit of a rogue in one of Todd's games even. Uh, quite like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, good stuff there back in the... Uh, what was that called? Hypersphere? Um, no, uh, Living Force. Uh, Living Force. Jawa, yeah. Well, uh, transition here uh, with you, Gear, and and uh, you know you have joined me on a couple conversations with the Star Wars Basic series that we initially started, um, and we touched on the new Repu- or the old Republic era, and just kind of talking about like what is the old Republic era. Um, and, you know, probably talked a little bit about maybe what we'll talk about today, but I think in a general sense, it's good to talk about politics, political themes in a campaign, you know, what that is and, and how we can utilize it as a GM and how that create can create a fun, exciting campaign story, etc. So go ahead and give us a, a real simple definition from your opinion, your standpoint of what are the basic elements of a political story, you know, kind of somewhat related to, you know, tabletops. Yeah. So for me, at its core, um, the most essential thing is that Political stories are often about two or more opposing philosophies that are kind of coming into conflict and navigating that relationship. Um, And kind of the way it plays out, obviously everything to an extent, it's all politics, you know, Republic, separatists, so on and so forth. But uh, when we're talking about like political campaigns, I think we're meeting more like the intrigue, intrigue focused ones uh, where kind of, a lot of the story, maybe not everything is as it seems. Uh, to me, there's probably going to be a lot of 
things like betrayal, um, because in one way or another, whether it's in a good or a bad way, everyone is more or less self-serving. They have their own agenda. They're trying to forward their goals. Um, you know, like, again, like the Clone Wars is a perfect example of this. The entire premise of that, the prequel era is based on how the separatists are. They were a group of politicians and people who just didn't agree with what the status quo was led to war. Um, and it's just the political differences and ideologies and a lot of it just kind of comes down to the, the differences in beliefs to me and kind of focusing on how those kind of intersect and react to one another. Um, I'd say that's one way or another, how I would kind of put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's perfect. And and I, I love how you touched on, you know, kind of the scale there of there's obviously the politics definition of, of like governments against each other and internally, externally, et cetera. Right. You know, it also can be these smaller little, you know, little things maybe within a town or within just two social groups and, and all that stuff. Probably the first thing to kind of think about uh, when you're utilizing this in your campaign is what are those groups, those parties, those different aspects, and what are the politics between them? And then as we'll get into here, how do you utilize that in your campaign? Yeah. And um, again, kind of how you were saying, you know, obviously there's the the grand scale of things, but even if you look within a lot of things using Star Wars examples, um, if you look at even just the Galactic Republic during the Clone Wars, you can even just look at the clones themselves. You know, there's different kinds of clones. You had the ARC Troopers and Clone Commandos, for example. ARC Troopers were designed to be much more uh, like free thinking and self-sufficient and kind of doing their own thing. Whereas the Clone Commandos were the opposite. They were designed to be very orderly and loyal to a fault. And they came into conflict a lot within themselves. But at the end of the day, they're still allies. They had the same goal, you know, defeating the separatists, protecting the Republic. So it doesn't always have to be like antagonistic issues. You can also have, you know, political issues with allies and navigating that, finding middle grounds, choosing which side you fall on, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, especially with kind of like the politics between allies. Um, how have you brought that up in some of your games or how does that usually kind of come up with your players? It's a good question. I think it's often been more along the lines of them figuring out uh, <laughs> where on the moral scale they land. Um, however, I've found most players tend to eventually fall on the less moral side. <laughs> yeah. um, they're usually willing to do more if it's uh, self-serving to them or their goals. Uh, or not realizing, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that until afterwards. Um, I, I would say it's usually more along the lines of like, oh, we have two op main options here. We could choose this option A. It's easier, um, but it's probably going to hurt some civilians or people we don't want to hurt, more dangerous. Or we can do this other option, which is safer and better for people, but... Um, causes them more trouble than they think it's worth um i i think 
you just really have to incentivize both routes in different ways. Otherwise, they're ultimately always going to choose the easy way out or option C, which you don't consider an option, but they turn around and leave. Um, had that happen quite a few times. Yeah, um, players will surprise you. Yes. But I think that's, yeah, I think that's an excellent way to put it. GMing as a whole, it's presenting options for the players and hoping they pick up on something. So I think kind of managing, you know, as you pick up, whether you have a good feel that they're leaning one way or another, morals or otherwise, what would be some ways, uh, you know, kind of maybe zooming out a little bit to incorporate and manage some political aspects of a campaign? Like if you were setting down, maybe you had a session or two or not, uh, but still early on, you know, what would be some initial ways that you could introduce some of these concepts and how do you manage that uh, when you have one, two, you know, two, maybe three different sides of this uh, scenario? So I guess on more like the back end for me, whenever I've had to deal with political stuff, which is pretty often in my campaigns, especially in the Star Wars ones, because I typically have set my campaigns during uh, the Cold War era, where there's a Galactic Republic and a Sith Empire, but they're kind of at a like, well, like a Cold War armistice, uh, very much reminiscent of the time between, you know, World War One and Two, where war has ended, there's still conflicts going on, some proxy things, and everyone knows war is happening again. Um, so what I've done is I've often taken the main things that I want to deal with in any given campaign and used, like, bubble or web mapping, um, like... Here's a bubble. Here's all the stuff connected to it with the Sith Empire. Here's all the Republic stuff. And here's all like, you know, huts or gangs or whatever else. And then looking at the players, seeing like, what are they interested in? And then trying to connect it all. I found that that's very helpful. There's obviously you can use paper, but there's a lot of websites out there as well. If you just Google like bubble and web mapping sites, most of them are free, uh, very useful tools. Um, but oftentimes I just find if I'm like writing in a Google doc or even on paper, it's very hard to fully grasp everything and kind of connect it together. Like you might have all these different threads in your head that, you know, you want to deal with, but being able to visually see it, I have found is a very, very useful way to actually get it in motion. Is this something that you usually keep to yourself? Do you ever share it with your players to see the different kind of connecting threads? No, I generally keep it to myself because I just have it riddled with, I guess you could say spoilers or potential spoilers. Um, yeah, whether it's, you know, backstory stuff or overarching campaign, so on and so forth. If it's not too much to duplicate that, uh, that work, what I think is Tegan might have alluded to or, you know, a good concept to think about is presenting some of that to the players. You know, it's always good to help understand what they're after. Uh, I know Garrett, you kind of mentioned that you have a feel for that. So when you're doing that mapping, but yeah, you know, sometimes just, sometimes you just have to present that straight at face value to the, to the uh, players and say, all right, what do you want to get involved in and, and go after it from there? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, it is very important in my experience to sometimes just, you know, I, I find most of us DMs are very adverse to revealing what's behind the curtain, but sometimes you just you have to, otherwise it'll create in or out of game issues. And confusion is a big one I've found, especially in political games. Um, I think it's important that, yeah, you make it interesting, but at the end of the day, you can't make it anything like too complicated because even if it's obvious to us, 
obviously we have all the answers, but the players don't. They're probably going to miss tons of key elements that you think are essential, or they're going to misinterpret them completely. They're going to view it in different ways. They're going to have their own ideas. And like a lot of players aren't like big into like note taking and they kind of just, you know, say you don't play for two weeks. They're probably going to forget something. So keeping it fairly simple, giving them a bit of leniency, you know, throw them a bone here and there is, uh, I think one of the more important things in these political campaigns and like reminding them, like they're like, I don't know who that is. Be like, Oh, it was this individual that you met at this place? So on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely appropriate and okay to do both sides. You know, the table players, hopefully players are taking notes, but we understand that, you know, sometimes you just want to be into the game and, and, uh, and whatnot. So uh, even myself as a GM, I've, like I try to take notes even for my own stuff. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, who the hell was that NPC, right? You just, you know, stuff comes up on the fly and and uh, that's how it is. But it's always good, you know, outside of character, out of character to have those check-ins and things. And it just helps, uh, you know, with that story overall. And you mentioned Star Wars and kind of political themes a little bit. What's like some of your favorite political themes to explore with Star Wars with your players? For me, I, again, uh, the Cold War, I always found very interesting a uh, big history nerd in real life. So having something that's very reminiscent of the actual world wars and kind of what led up to those and kind of incorporating some of the real world events that have occurred um, is always been something I've really enjoyed. Um, but I've also found in kind of recent times with a lot of some of the canon stuff that they've done with the, especially the rebellion I think Andor, especially recently, has been a pretty big inspiration. But like, I really like Saw Gerrera because I absolutely hate him. Um, completely dislikable character, but I think he's a perfect example here of he's completely against the Empire. He's absolutely a rebel. That's undeniable. Yet outside of his like little group, most of the rebels kind of hate him just as much because he is just completely destructive and. I, I like creating scenarios where it's kind of a like a double-edged sword. Like, yes, they see the benefits, but they also see the drawbacks and they kind of have to choose how far they're willing to go, I think is um, making them draw the line in the sand of where their morals are is kind of what I find fun with the political games. I think that fits well, you know, in the general sense we're trying to portray here of of what it is, what the what the game's about. Of course, talk with your players and and see where they're at with that. Um, you know, make sure there's buy-in because if they don't pick up on that or whatever, then you know you got to figure that out. You've mentioned a lot uh, just from your own appreciation of history and thing. Obviously, a great uh, resources there for inspiration and whatnot. Um, you know, I think it's just something to kind of uh, hit home again that look at current conflicts, you know, things in history and, and everything. And then you can change that. You can change the scale, change the size of it uh, from, from within your game and, and how that works out. We might have touched on this a little bit in our like Star Wars Basics series, but still, uh, I, I'm pretty confident that you'll do well at railing this off. But would you want to give a quick rundown of, um, you know, kind of our standard eras of Star Wars and what are the main political themes in each one? Yeah, sure. I can uh, d- definitely give it a shot. Um, I Not guess to put just... you on the spot or anything. But... No, no, it's totally okay. Um, but I guess 
I'll just start with the uh, various movie eras and whatnot. Again, the prequels, um, it's very much a era where it is focusing on the dissatisfaction of status quo, how things are handled. I think it's honestly become a lot more uh, modern uh, in terms of what's going on in the world now, where a lot of people are just dissatisfied with the way things are handled. But in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily just open warfare. You know, it's there's a lot of different political groups who are, have their own agendas and they're really trying to push for what they believe in, um, you know, pros and cons to either of those. And I, I think it is generally a lot more subtle, at least until the actual Clone Wars begin. And then it becomes obviously a lot more, well, it's, it's just an outright galactic war. Um, but I, I think it's, it's very interesting. Cause I mean, at, at the time, you know, when the Phantom Menace came out, I was a kid. So I thought nothing of it. I just saw cool lightsaber battles and thought it was cool. But as an adult looking back, I'm like, yeah, they made a whole movie about trade disputes. So the prequels are my favorite era for corporate greed. Like if you wanted to have like a corporate greed versus bureaucracy yeah. style campaign, doing the prequels, tra- the trade, like, all the separatists are like basically just huge corporations, the trade federation, the banking clans, all those guys, are just like huge groups of money decided to go their own way. Uh, so I, I love doing corporate greed as like political enemies because you can just have fun with it. And that's like the best era to go on. Yeah. And uh, I guess kind of hearkening on what you were just saying, uh, something that's interesting about it is a lot of the like backing organizations uh, on both the Republic and the separatists are these corporations who could not care less about the politics of this or the different ideologies. They're just looking to make a profit. Um, War is unfortunately one of the most profitable things just ever. There's always a way to profit off it. And I, I think it's, it's a very, interesting era to kind of focus on that kind of thing because you don't even really have to deal with the actual you know droids and clones you don't have to be playing jedi you can have a whole campaign that's just focused on i mean even the trade federation or their dealings and you know there's a lot of episodes in clone wars where you have stuff like padme going off and dealing with political stuff it's obviously it has to do with the war but not really um you're not having clones running around blasting droids and vice versa. So it's, I think it's a really good era for uh, politics. Is there a shift as you get into the, you know, clone wars proper, uh, would you say? Or I guess, is that, yeah, anything a little different there? Yeah. I mean, I think to an extent it's still all there, but obviously at that point it's like full out war. So it's becoming a lot more, uh, like you'll see politicians either trying to escalate or de-escalate the war, uh, more so going to extremes to do whatever they have to. Um, and it obviously it gets a little fuzzy because, you know, we all know about like Palpatine doing all his stuff and whatnot. But um, I, I still think it generally applies. Like a lot of it has to do, like Tegan said, with these various greedy corporations very great era to get into that kind of thing and how money can affect you know say the senate or various politics and you know you can focus on smaller sectors or planets or 
even areas of planets. Like if you're somewhere bigger like Coruscant, you could easily just stay in one little area for a whole campaign even. Love that aspect. Uh, you know, it, Star Wars is so massive, but at the same time, you could have something really just, you know, narrow uh, and and still have, a you know, just a very bountiful story out of that. All right, so let's let's uh, move on to you know I guess civil war, a galactic civil war period. Uh, so empire is in rule, and maybe bring in the rebellion with that as well. Tell us a little bit about the overview of of that kind of political climate theme there. Yeah, so obviously at this point it's much more favored in the empire. There's the rebellion's basically nothing. Um, it kind of builds up over time, but in terms of the actual politics. You have some senators, especially in the early days, there's a lot more, um, I'd say, like outwardly vocal anti-authoritarian behavior. You know, you have Mon Mothma and all that stuff that we've kind of seen in the various shows where it's kind of leading up to the movies. Um, So within that era, you know, leading up to A New Hope, there's definitely so much you could do, politically speaking. in just any way you want, really. Um, I think the further you go, the more it gets into more of just guerrilla warfare in general, uh, because the Senate does get completely dissolved. Now, on the other hand, you could have an imperial campaign where maybe you're working for one moth who's dealing with another, and there was a lot of backroom politics within every organization at every level of the empire. You know, the the ISB secret agents basically are just backstabbing each other all the time. Right. Right. Uh, It's, it's a lot more cutthroat politics where the better you are a person, the more likely you are to just be dead. Um, So if that, if that's more your jam, I mean, it's a great era for that kind of thing. Like you mentioned earlier, I think that'd be the best era to see how far your players are willing to go morally. Uh, Either side, Empire or Republic, uh, I should say, to see how far they're willing to push it to get their goals. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite eras is that one there, you know, especially kind of leading up to the rebellion and and telling stories, you know, about that and whatnot. But I have recently, uh, I'm reading or I'm listening to Alphabet Squadron, uh, which is set years after Return of the Jedi and whatnot, kind of that New Republic era, kind of a young New Republic, uh, which is really interesting. I, you know, you kind of got the empire, the, the remnants of the empire, you know, still trying to hang on and, and do what they can. Um, and that's been really exciting. Uh, tell us uh, about some of that uh, from your viewpoint. And, you know, if someone's running a campaign in that era, what they could utilize, uh, you know, with the young or, you know, maybe a little more established New Republic. Yeah, I think um, that era is one that I find very interesting, both in canon and legends. Um, obviously, I assume a lot of us uh, super fans have read the original Thrawn trilogy. I think it's a, a great example of kind of what you were saying there with the different, you know, fractured empire. Right. Um, it, it's mostly just focusing on Thrawn's being a big Imperial warlord, but there's so many different Imperial factions at that point, And the new Republic is just trying to like grasp onto power. They're not really there yet. So it's really just almost like a big wild west of, uh, war bands which is kind of fun how they're all doing their own different thing and even though a lot of them maybe have some aligned goals their approach is completely different and i think 
navigating that could be pretty interesting. And there's so many different options. Um, Cause I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I know there's probably at least five different big Imperial warlords and legends even. Um, and within Canon, I know it's a bit still being developed actively, but um, yeah, I mean, even just look at the Mandalorian, you know, like that, a lot of the background of that show has to do with the empire trying to rebuild itself. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's also just, you know, kind of a monster of the week, Western show, <laughs> uh, which kind of like, it does have to do with it, but it doesn't. So it, I think it makes a really good backdrop even um, where you don't have to focus on it necessarily as the primary thing, but having it there makes everything else more interesting. Yeah, it doesn't have to directly influence things, but at the end of the day, it still kind of does influence things. And I think yeah. I think that is, you know, that's a great point to kind of call out, uh, you know, with a campaign. We, you know, we've talked about before, and I think it was in my kind of running a campaign series last year of like, you know, the time marches on the world. There's always something going on in the greater world, right? You maybe only, you know, focus on this one little town on Ord Mantel, right? But there's just so much more going on. And how does that impact, you know, things as a whole? So, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely a great point to make there. Um, any more that you would touch on with New Republic or getting into, I don't know, is, is there a name for the... Uh, the sequel era or is that just new Re- a sequel era sequel yeah. yeah i don't know there's like um the first order or whatever that is you know probably you know that one's going to echo a lot of you know, galactic civil war i would i would assume there so um so i guess round it out as we as we move to wrap up here garrett touch on the old republic real quick uh give us some thoughts on that one you know there's pretty expansive but uh players and gms looking to run stories there what can they utilize? Yeah, so the Old Republic era, I mean, there's several different eras within it. Um, you know, depending on what you're looking at, there's the Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, but for me, the era that I've always found most interesting is based on like the Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO. Uh, it's, I believe the years are like 36, 40-ish BBY. So like quite a bit before the movies. Um, but in particular, those games are set at a time where the Sith, there was a big Sith Empire, it went into hiding, came back hundreds of years later, absolutely just devastated the galaxy and the Republic in a big, like, decade-long war. And then they sacked Coruscant, and they signed an armistice. Kind of a weird scenario. Um, but what's interesting there is even just on the Sith side of things, a lot of the Sith within the empire are quite unhappy because they wanted to just completely annihilate the Republic, but the emperor made them stop. So even within that, it's kind of a period where their emperor is also missing. So there's a lot of just like backstabbing and power plays and it, you don't even have to leave like any one nation. Um, But then between the rebuilding Republic and this, kind of empire that's like consolidating their power. They're not really openly fighting. There's a couple skirmishes that happen here and there, obviously, but they kind of fight through proxy wars and even say, you mentioned the planet Ord Mantell. There's a war going on there between the local government and 
some people who disagree. And I set one of my first Star Wars campaigns on this planet and my players had to go there for a completely unrelated reason. They basically got themselves stranded there and then they didn't really realize what they were dealing with, but they were like, oh, we're dealing with this local insurgency, blah, 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 trying to do our other things. But behind it all, on one side, the Republic was backing them and the Empire is backing them. And they had to eventually get themselves out of a scenario where they were like, oh, we're getting ourselves too involved with, you know, the Empire. This is getting dangerous for us, um, starting to cross some moral lines we have. And then even beyond that, I just... The air is great because there's also, again, kind of what I mentioned with the prequels, there's a ton of different mega corporations trying to capitalize on this scenario. Uh, one of the big ones is the Zerka Corporation. They'll sh show up in any Old Republic media, uh, whether it's the, the KOTOR games or Old Republic MMO. Um, they're just very greedy. They care about nothing but money and by any means. And it's just, a really fun era where anything goes, you know, there's thousands of Jedi, thousands of Sith, Mandalorians. It's basically the highest fantasy you're going to get within Star Wars. So it it's a fun era to me because literally anything goes. You can do anything you want, any ideas you have. You can just throw it in there. You can look up a planet and because it's, Based on video games, there's big codexes and wikis and so much information to draw from that you can just pick a random planet, look it up, and it'll it will feed you a dozen different ideas. Yeah, the resources in that regard are fantastic. You know, yeah. especially as someone myself who's not super familiar with the era, having that is awesome. Yeah. Side of like uh, the shows or like a uh, Wikipedia. Where would you recommend like fans go to to like learn more about the different political areas? Do you uh, where did you pick up most of your information from it on that side? So, for me, um, when I was doing the Old Republic, actually, what I did was I looked up the actual codex entries from the MMO because there's a lot of like several paragraph things that are just written out lore, but they're they don't ever make it to Wikipedia, and there also is I think it's like a or 500 page like codex which is just all lore written from an in-universe perspective uh set during like a particular year but it's really interesting um to go through that and obviously just look at whatever you need but you know there's detail about how the governments were structured how the military structured like the various ranks and stuff so when one of my players said oh i want to be an ex-soldier well I just kind of scanned the book and found that. Um, and honestly, looking at the footnotes of Wikipedia is the best way to find resources. If you find a piece of text that you are like, oh, I want to know more about this. It probably has a link somewhere in there to the footnotes. You can go down there, check out the source. Um, especially with a lot of stuff like this, you can, a lot of it is just like old archive stuff that's online. Um, especially stuff related to these video games. There was a lot of like diaries and whatnot posted online. So I, I just find taking a little deep dive like that, you can usually find pretty much anything. And also uh, the old like saga edition books and they had some like setting books and stuff. Those are great. Yeah. 
as well. Really good stuff there. Yeah. Some great resources on that side, especially some of those old saga books. Uh, One thing, I'm not sure if you've read much. Did you have you read of James, any of James Lucino's books? He's like my favorite go-to for Star Wars political stuff. Like he goes like in so much depth in each era. Like yeah, he's mostly prequel, uh, a little bit of the uh, for the Legend sequel trilogy and a uh, rebellion. But like, I feel like he's just a great one if you want to get a good feel of like, the actual ins and outs of the politics of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I think I can't remember which books he's done, but I'm pretty sure I have. I definitely I binge listen to uh, pretty much every Star Wars audiobook out there. So. Um definitely i uh, think i've probably come across a few of his he's got some good ones uh plagueis being one of my favorites but he's got like cloak of deception for the prequel era perkin and then another what death star for the sea of the rebellion era all just really good ones just to get a feel for what's going on like politically and kind of probably make it interesting too yeah the books are a great resource um but again like another thing that i always found is amazing for this is while it's not star wars if you look at any media you like whatever franchise it is you can lift any story from anywhere you can be inspired by anything put it into your game and easily just skin it to be star wars and it works perfect yep absolutely i mean it's it's that easy we definitely talk about that all the time well, Garrett, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, you know, I, I know we could keep going on it, um, but uh, I think lots there that hopefully fellow GMs out there, uh, if you're kind of interested in this topic and how to just expand the stories that you're presenting, there's lots of good info here to help out with that. So uh, yeah, Garrett, any last parting thoughts for our DJM community? Yeah, I actually think the last thing I would shout out is um, one of most useful resources to me um and i'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has probably heard of matt colville but he in particular has a i think there's five video series on politics uh one is about the politics of like war another is about peace one even kind of breaks down you know black panther the movie and that and i've rewatched most of those videos several times they're phenomenal and I think something that has always been in my mind that he pointed out is that in real life, their question of that we often ask ourselves is, oh, why aren't we at war, you know? And there's a lot of these kind of questions, but the question that he frames is, well, that doesn't really matter. It's why are we at peace? Because humans, we naturally come into conflict and a very useful piece of advice is look at your whatever your entities are your organizations and ask why aren't they in conflict or why are they if you look at that you can probably you know extrapolate from there and just branch out and that's probably been one of the biggest pieces of advice that i've just remembered that's really helped me over these last few years so that's one of my favorite series remember i've watched that a whole bunch of times i would definitely for any new gms or even experienced gms if you haven't seen that go check that out it's a playlist for it, but basically just look politics, Matt Colville, uh, and YouTube, and you'll be able to find it. It's, it's definitely worth the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not sure I've uh, watched it front to back, but I've I've looked at some of it, and definitely, um, I think, excellent way to close out our interview here with you, Garrett. So again, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll maybe see you around again soon. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. 
All right. Great conversation there with Garrett. Uh, again, we hope that was helpful to anyone looking to kind of utilize political themes in your campaign. You're very likely probably already doing so, even if you didn't realize it, but uh, lots there that you can do. Uh, thanks again to everyone listening to our episode today. Uh, Tegan, give us a reminder for Twitch tonight. Absolutely. Come through and hang out with us for Invasion, a Star Wars Tuesdays on my channel, TeganJ Gaming at twitch.com. Uh, we'll start at probably about 7 p.m. Eastern time. But yeah, if you've uh, looked at the Invasion adventure, especially the finale, come through. We'll be kicking that finale off and seeing if the crew could survive all the craziness. Yeah, we will be there to see what happens. Looking ahead to next episode, we will probably be touching on Starships of the Galaxy. I know there's been a lot of updates to the rule set uh, since the last time we've talked about that. So potentially an update there, or maybe just talking about utilizing the system in general. I know there's a lot of questions. So Starships, something for next episode. With that, though, thank you everyone to all of our followers, listeners, and subscribers. Appreciate it very, very much. We will see you all on the next one. May the Force be with you. And the force be with you.